Hey, Colin, Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor here. Long time no talk. I just wanted to call in. Been listening to your episodes about uh, falling in the jungle and uh, jungle terrain. And uh, it's interesting when you were talking about it. I don't. I, I. I just don't think I've ever ran a adventure in a jungle before. I know I've run Island of Dread back in the '80s when I was still sort of a kid there, but. I don't remember really playing up the jungle elements. They just, they were just, the jungle was just sort of a background. Uh, it was there, but didn't become prevalent. And I, and I think I default more to the forest just because of where I live. It's, you know, easier for me to picture and everything. So it's been kind of interesting listening to you talk. So keep going and uh, stay safe and we'll talk soon, bud. Take care. Hi there, I'm Colin Green, you're listening to Spike Pit, but this is not one of my normal episodes. I'm calling these episodes my drive-by episodes, wherein I speak a little bit more candidly about the things that are on my mind. I'll be pulling less punches, maybe biting a bit less on my tongue. Now if you think that's perhaps not such a good thing, then... This is not the episode for you. Remember, this is a drive-by. Hello folks, yes indeed, it's that time again. It's a bank holiday in the UK to mark the 75th anniversary of VE Day. So I'm just chilling in the garden whilst it's a little bit quiet, catching up on some call-ins. And we heard, it's been a little while. Uh, No, in fact... um, Last episode, heard from Tim Shorts, but I actually got this all in before that. I'm glad Tim is enjoying the jungle theme. I'm 16 sessions in at the time of recording, thoroughly enjoying it still. And I, I, I w- would say that anybody who hasn't tried playing in the jungle, it it does make a refreshing change. Like Tim, I often fell back on my knowledge of woodlands to describe my uh, my my games and my settings and I often uh, lent on real world experience shall we say you know from my travels but having never been to the jungle um, I've had to I felt I've had to immerse myself more in it so I've been trying to watch documentaries and uh, read up on it a little bit in fact the next calling is on the subject of reading, I've got a, a book recommendation from Vance A. I've looked into it and I'm going to pick it up on Amazon. I've also got another a book recommendation a while back from Barney talking about, I believe it was Heart of Darkness, uh, something like that. I need to check back on that because that interested me. It's about an expedition up the River Congo in Africa. So let's hear what Vance has got to say. Hey Colin, it's Vance. Happy Friday. Hey, I wanted to recommend a book to you on the kind of subject of jungle expeditions um, entitled uh, River of Doubt. Um, it's about uh, a part of an expedition into the Amazon River Basin by uh, Teddy Roosevelt and one of his sons after uh, Roosevelt's uh, presidency. 
and recounts a lot about uh, kind of the challenges, mishaps, and dangers of an uh, expedition of that type, as well as kind of a lot about kind of the psychology of Roosevelt at the time. Um, so very interesting perspective. But um, yeah, I hadn't re recommended a book to you for a while, and so thought that one might be interesting to you. Take care. Hope you're doing well. Be well. Bye. I've talked about river expeditions before and they, they do fascinate me. So I will be checking out Vance's recommendation. I found it on Amazon. Like I say, I'm, I'm going to pick it up. But um, talking of expeditions, um, Andy Goodman of Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks fame and GM of Cooler Cthulhu, I think it's no coincidence that he plays Call of Cthulhu he, because he likes a scary story and that is exactly what we've got coming up now. Hey Colin, Andy here. I'm walking in my own jungle. Well, it's it's not a jungle. It's a um, it's sort of a bit of a redwood and oak forest mixture where we live. It's beautiful. We've actually got redwoods right next to the house. Um, I love redwoods. I do not have a jungle story as good as um, our dear our dear friend Jason's. His his are amazing and um, um, well, quite uh, quite scary, I suppose, as well. Vampire bats and black uh, black lotus, not black lotus. Is it black lotus? That's something from Conan. Anyway. Um, I do have a, I suppose one of the weirdest days of my entire life was, was on a, on a boat ride, boat trip into a jungle. So this was in 1996. So what's that? 24 years ago. I was a, I was a young man, bright eyed and bushy tailed and, um, full of adventure. And I'd done a bit of traveling as a student and after student years and, you know, we'd started, you know, we started work and thought we'd put a lot of that stuff behind us because you just can't. But um, me and a friend decided we would, you know, take um, take a, a sort of three week trip to Central America. And we decided to go to Guatemala, which is an amazing place, but it's quite a dangerous country. Uh, it's got gorillas. The laws are pretty harsh there. If you do anything a bit naughty, you can get into real trouble. Um, but but um, I really wanted to see the um, the pyramids, the Inca pyramids. And one of the most extraordinary pyramid complexes in in Guatemala is at Tikal. And everyone, and I'm saying probably everyone in the Western world knows these pyramids without knowing it probably, because it was used in that flyby in. Um, in uh, the first Star Wars film, and they fly over the, the jungle. Was it the third? Anyway, one of the Star Wars films, the, the originals, where they fly over the jungle, and there's this guy on a, on a kind of conning tower, but it's, it's, it's on one of the pyramids in Tikal. And um, extraordinary. And it's right by a lake called Lake Tikal, this huge lake. And you can go on, well, you can, you can find someone to take you on a boat um, through that lake. You know, we're talking mid to late 90s. So, yes, there is the, the World Wide Web back then, but it was pretty in its infant days. Um, so, of course, everyone relied on books like The Lonely Planet and The Rough Guide. 
And in the Lonely Planet to Guatemala, um, it said you can go to this bloke in a bar and he, you can commission him to, to take you in his boat to the, all the way across the other side of the lake and it's a really cool day out. So we did that. And he was a really cool bloke, you know, owned the bar, also these trips. And everything was fine on the way out. Beautiful, sunny day. It was hot and humid. It was amazing. The bird calls. Um, you know, it was like a this very complicated lake with lots of tributaries and things, you know, bits coming in. It wasn't like this big round lake or anything. Really amazing environment. And then, um, then we got there and we had a bit of food or whatever. And he noticed that we were all pockmarked from mosquito bites and various things you get when you go to humid climates. And he said he, he encouraged us to put the red mud on from the from the banks of the of the lake. This this was good for the skin and good for soothing the insect bites, which we were you know obviously covered in being pasty Westerners. And then he got out the joints, and at that point we were thinking, oh. You can get arrested for this and sent to prison, especially if you're a foreigner. But he assured us we were completely in the middle of nowhere at his cabin, and it was fine. And there were no neighbours anywhere near. So we all got quite high, and it was amazing. Just being in the jungle, being stoned, (laughs) being idiotic, being idiotic, 20-something Western fools, <laughs> high as kites, in the middle of the Guatemalan jungle with monkeys and snakes around and the sounds of birds. And it was amazing. We, we lay in his hammocks and then eventually it was time to go. And he went off. Um, actually, no, something else happened. At one point, he really freaked us out because he said he's going for a swim. We thought, all right, off we go. And then he just started swimming and he kept going and going and going and about an hour later, he came back, and we were like, we were freaking out at this point, thinking he'd just abandoned us. Turns out he's a triathlete. So for him, a swim is like three miles. <laughs> anyway, that side, it was time to leave, and he goes down to the boat, and guess what? The engine won't start. And then eventually he manages to get it going, but it, he says, it's no good. It's not strong enough. Um, he needs some help to get it fixed up a bit. And we're like thinking, help? How the hell do you get help? We're in the middle of the jungle here. And he said, and he said, oh, it's all right. There are some neighbours here. I'll just go and see them. And we were like, okay, what neighbours? And then he dives back into the lake and he starts swimming and swims all the way around to some other cabin somewhere, God knows where, Again, we're sitting there freaking out, thinking we're going to get murdered here or or something's going to eat us, one or the other. And of course, we're super high as well, which really didn't help. So then eventually it's nightfall and he comes back and his friend has come round and they sort of get the engine going again. But man, it is slow. It's just creeping back. And it was already like a two-hour trip to get there (laughs) when the engine was in in normal condition. So now it's nightfall. He's trying to navigate back with this tiny little handheld torch. And this is a complicated lake, as I mentioned. 
it's not like you just sail from one side to the other. You couldn't even see the lights of the city. Uh, I can't remember what the city's called, but uh, the town. And so we're, 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 we're losing our shit at this point. And then the lightning starts. <laughs> it was just about to be tropical storm season. And at one point, maybe about three hours in to our journey back, after we've already turned round twice, like he realized he was going in the wrong direction twice. <laughs> and I said, how do you know the way back? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to, you know, have to get it. <laughs> and I said, that lightning that started up, what happens if it hits the boat? Does it hit the boat? He said, well, if it looks like that's happening, we just have to jump in the water. <laughs> so, my God, we were shitting ourselves quite literally. Sorry for the swear. Eventually, we get back to the city, to the town after maybe four hours. And I've never been so relieved to see some lights. I've never been so relieved. Um, the lightning pretty much had finished by that point. And virtually a minute maybe after we set foot on dry land, the rain started, the tropical storm started. It was pelting down. I reckon if we'd have still been on that boat, it would have been it would have filled up within within minutes. <laughs> it was just nuts. So we go back to his bar and we're there downing beer after beer, just trying to regain our composure. And then eventually when we head out back to our hotel, walk out in the streets. We see movement everywhere and we hear croaking. The entire city is full of frogs who've come out for the first rains of the season, hopping around, croaking, big ones, small ones, striped ones, fat ones, thin ones, all seeming to look at us and maybe laugh at us because we were such idiots. See you, mate. Well, I'm almost at a loss for words. Um, I would not have wanted to swap places with Andy there for all the tea in China. Uh, you know, that tale is the stuff of nightmares. So if you're playing in Andy's game and um, he talks about heading into the jungle, I think you uh, have a good idea now of what to expect. Big thanks to Andy for sending that in. It's obviously taken time to recount that tale. Um, awesome. So when you're done on the river, of course, you eventually, if you're lucky, get to return to civilization. And in my game at the moment, we are back in Port Nainzaru. The last session, we were supposed to be getting involved in some more dinosaur racing and gladiatorial combat. This time, set in the kind of Colosseum, a kind of amphitheatre that's in the market ward of the city. However, the characters got waylaid investigating some of the shenanigans and skullduggery going on between the factions of the city. So... Um, they they got to in, enjoy some of the hospitality at uh, Kaya's House of Repose. And whilst that was all very um, genteel, 
obviously cities can be uh, a place for all forms of um, diversion. And it's on that subject, we've got another uh, kind of jungle story from our, our resident um, a Panamanian expert, Mr. Jason Connolly. This time, uh, it, it's a little bit more um, risque. You know, while we were down there, we visited Panama City. You know, we, we had like days off. We visited Panama City. Uh, we weren't supposed to go to Cologne. That was off limits. Uh, we went down there when I went down there the second time as Advon, as advanced party. We, we, we went to Cologne one night and a, a CID agent, Army CID agent, came up to us in a bar and said, hey, you guys got to get out of here. You're not supposed to be here. Panama City was interesting. Where they dropped us off in the city, in the square, um, the buses from Fort Sherman dropped us off in the square. And one of the apartment buildings right there where they dropped us off, there were prostitutes right there in the apartment building. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the medics handed out rubbers, you know, condoms, um, but, you know, before we left. But, yeah, it's interesting. They dropped you off right there. Um, and then they picked you up right there in that same square. But Panama was interesting. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, you, you did see some th third world things. So I, I will leave one more uh, kind of a negative thing I saw. So the negatives are the poor are definitely poor, right? So when we saw the, you know, dealt with the poor folks, they, they definitely were, you know, this, the separation was huge. When you're in Panama City, you know, there was an area there where you had like the banking district and then you went like a couple blocks over and, you know, you had squalor. Yet, you know, where the sewers dumped out in, into the, the river there, you had kids playing in it kind of thing. And we also had the police were pretty heavy handed. We had a... um you know, somebody come up and, and try to talk to one of the soldiers and a policeman came out and with a baton and started beating them, chasing them away. The pawn shops, I guess they were pawn shops or maybe they're jewelry shops, but some of the shops had like guards sitting outside the shop with shotguns and things like that. And like I said, we never had any issues at all. Um, but yeah, it, it, it definitely, it, it reminds you, you're not in Kansas anymore. Well, you're, you're not at home for those in other countries, you know, those of you that aren't in the U.S., but all in all, I enjoyed it. And, um, I hope those stories help you out a little bit. And now it's time for something I made earlier. Okay, listeners, um, it's Saturday tea time. I've just stepped outside to record a quick DM's diary. <laughs> and, wow, <laughs> come off of a DCC session. Don't get to play it very often. But Cody, the mysterious Cody M, Cody Marza, ran us through a three-hour online session playing with uh, Stu and Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. And I killed my first character in that game. Um, feel pretty bad. Poor old Stu reduced to one. He started with four characters. He's down to one. I... Miraculous, miraculously still have four alive and Jason is down to two I believe or is it three not too sure but man if you've not given it a chart if you've not given it a try DCC is a very fun system um, Cody runs a cool game he's running it Saturday mornings it's like uh, he explains it as like Saturday morning cartoons, you either get up and watch them, or you don't. It's, um, I believe, 6am Cody time, 
whatever that is on the West Coast. But it works out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, UK time. I can thoroughly recommend it. It's a blast. Just uh, a Google Hangout. Get to see a few of the familiar faces, perhaps. And um, just kick back, get up to some crazy DCC nonsense. There you go. You heard it here, folks. Dinner is served. Now, before I go, this is the last call-in for today. And I'm delighted to say that Rich Fraser of Cockatrice Nuggets is come back into the fold. He's on the Audio Dungeon Discord, putting it, making his contributions, making his voice heard, getting involved in some of the games that are running over there. And... Of course, he's calling in once again to Spike Pit. I've played a couple of his call-ins in recent episodes when I started talking about 5e again and I had my got my game up and running because um, I got a lot of inspiration from some of the ideas that um, Rich presented. Uh, he he, he uh, played a lot of 5e. I don't know if he's, he's still playing or not. But um, I always look forward to his kind of session recaps, talking about his game. So um, let's hear what Rich has got to say. Also, it's it's continuing with the jungle theme, but I feel there has been a slight misunderstanding, and I will clear it up at the end of his call. Hey, Colin, it's Rich. Uh, Lost Expeditions, is that that uh, uh, Rainier-Nizia game? Uh, is that how you say his name? I have no idea. Um, anyway, if it is, that is a hella cool game. Two-player card game, love it. Um, I had a friend who was also very um, uh, antagonistic towards games. If uh, if it rubbed him the wrong way to start off with, um, he didn't want to play it any, ever again. And I have a very large collection of board games, and he played a lot of them with me. Um, so what I tended to do is if I really liked a game and wanted to play it again or if I even thought I was going to play it again, I would definitely throw the first game to him and let him win. Um, never told him that. Uh, I don't think he listens to this podcast. Uh, and even then, he may not know it's him. All right, Colin, good to hear your voice. Take care. Yes, yeah, so the game uh, that, that Rich is talking about is a game by Nikonizia called Lost Cities. It's a two-player card game. It's one of my wife's favourites. We've uh, played it on Board Game Arena and also uh, she plays it quite often with my daughter. It's one of those games that we take away with us on holiday. Uh, It's a kind of quiet game. You kind of just sit there and you reflect. And it's almost got a kind of um, a rummy kind of vibe to it. There's some set collection and you're trying to hamper your opponent's ability to collect sets. It, it has got a kind of ex- exploration type of pasted on theme. Uh, you, you kind of exploring different kind of um, environments, but it, it's a numbers game uh, with, like I say, a pasted on theme. The game I was actually talking about recently was Lost Expeditions, but all of this is somewhat irrelevant. Uh, just wanted to clear clear that up a little bit. But what uh, Rich is talking about is, yeah, 
letting people win. Um, <laughs> I can see how that might work with his friend. It's not something I probably wouldn't do. I don't even really do that with the kids. Most times they just beat me anyway, so it's it's not a problem I run into because I'm I'm fairly rubbish at games. <laughs> I'm too busy trying to make up a character for my card games and uh, imagine myself in 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 this world uh, um, when I should be concentrating perhaps on my strategy rather than the the story that led up to the the game. Oh dear. Anyway, that, that is enough from me. Thanks to everybody who called in a, 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 good, a good selection of stuff and a major contribution from Andy of Grizzly Peaks. But it, it, it's, it's, it's awesome to get this stuff and it, you know, it helps me to get out a few more regular podcasts, which I like to do. Thank you for listening to this Spike Pit drive-by episode if you've enjoyed the show consider spreading the word via social media take care catch you later Ninety-nine bottles of beer on the wall. Ninety-nine bottles of beer. You take one down, you pass it around. There'll be ninety-eight bottles of beer on the wall. Ninety-eight bottles of beer on the wall. Ninety-eight bottles of beer. You take one down, you pass it around. There'll be ninety-seven bottles of beer on the wall. Ninety-seven bottles of beer on the wall. Ninety-seven bottles of beer. You take one down, you pass it around, there be 96 bottles of beer on the wall. 96 bottles of beer on the wall. 96 bottles of beer. You take one down, you pass it around, there be 95 bottles of beer on the wall.